the president finally pulls us out of the disaster known as the Iranian nuclear deal. How great is this? It does not get any better than this. By the way, the happiest people out there are Macron and Merkel, the European leaders. They could not be happier. They're thrilled. I know they're acting all miffed and annoyed at President Trump. They have to say that. But trust me, I'll explain coming up. They are very happy about this. Senator Dianne Feinstein is distraught. Trump wants to undo everything that Obama's done. Hey, who let Dianne Feinstein read the paper? Yes, where have you been, Dianne? He wants to undo everything that Obama's done. He's been telling us that for years. I mean, Dianne, have you been living in a cave? By the way, he's already undone and reversed anything that he could that Obama did other than what he needs Congress for, the stuff he can't do on his own. By the way, he doesn't want to undo everything. He wants to keep Osama bin Laden very dead, the one good thing that Obama did. All right, so we're going to go in-depth here, get into all the details about the Iran nuclear deal coming up, but I want to run through a bunch of stories first because we got to spend some time on the Iran deal. Uh, the majority of Americans, 53% of Americans, believe that Mueller's Russia probe is motivated by politics. Yes, 53%, but that means that 47% are somehow living in la-la land. I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, or Martian. How do you not realize that it's motivated by politics? Follow us on Twitter at The Politics Zone, at The Politics Zone. Many, many of you have been following us. We've gotten great feedback, so thank you for that. Uh, the 9-11 mastermind, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, he wants to testify before the Senate about Gina Haspel. He wants to testify against Gina Haspel, the nominee for CIA director. Talk about all the horrible things that she did to him, the enhanced interrogation. This is so absurd on so many levels. Number one, the media. They make it sound, they give this guy credibility. This man is evil incarnate. He is the lowest form of slime. And the media is making it like, hey, this five-star general wants to testify against Gina Haspel. Let's hear what he has to say. Like he's a man of integrity as if he has any credibility. What do we care what he says about her? What do, you, do you think, that can we believe a shred of what he says about anything? If he told me that my name was Yaakov M, I'd have to like reconsider. I mean, that's who this guy is. And yet the media, anything they can do to get to attack Trump, including siding with the guy who planned out 9-11. I, I mean, why, by the way, why is this guy still alive? Can I ask, how is this guy not dead? How has he not been brought before a firing squad? You know, they're upset at Gina Haspel for enhanced interrogation. I'd say as a country that we're way too compassionate if this guy's even still alive. But, you know, here's what's even more amazing is it shows you who the Democrats are siding with. You know, they're actually sympathizing with him because he was a victim of enhanced interrogation. He led us to who knows how many terror cells. He helped us prevent who knows how many terror attacks with these enhanced interrogation techniques. And yet the Democrats and the media sympathize with him and Gina Haspel somehow is the bad guy. I mean, boggles the mind. Now, Mike Pompeo is on his way back from North Korea, or he will be shortly, and he's got three hostages with him. So if nothing else, he has gotten the release of three American hostages. Obama couldn't get their release, but President Trump has gotten it. Uh, this is, of course, in advance of these talks. Even if nothing else comes of these talks with uh, Kim Jong-un, even if the whole thing is, is completely flops, it was still worth it just for this. This is an amazing achievement right there, and it shows you that Kim Jong-un is serious. Again, I'm not being naive. 
I know that you know he may be trying to play us here, but I, I think this is certainly a, clearly a good sign. I mean, there's no denying that. Now, people are upset. You know, if Trump backs out of the Iran deal, then how can North Korea take us seriously? Why would they sign an agreement? They see that we renege on our deals. We backtrack. You know, we, we, we don't keep our word. I mean, there are so many differences. The, the main thing is we have a formula. We do keep our word. If you don't uh, if fund terror and, and, and sponsor terror groups all over the world, then we'll keep our deal. If you don't develop these long-range ballistic missiles, we'll keep our end of the deal, okay? If you don't continue to advance your nuclear program, then we will keep our end of the bargain. So there's a very simple formula. If you don't threaten us all the time and say that you're going to destroy us and death to America, death to Israel, we'll keep our end of the bargain. So it, it, this is not about us being unable to keep a deal. We can keep a deal. This is about the Iranians making it very clear, you know, basically forcing us out of the deal. May, this is about this being one of the worst deals in history. So that's what this is about. It's not that we can't keep a deal. And by the way, the Iranians benefited tremendously. Even when, even now that we're pulling out, the Iranians benefited for years and years because the sanctions were removed. They were able to do a lot of what they wanted to do, way too much, but they benefited a lot just from the sanctions being removed. So even if Kim Jong-un, you know, he's desperate right now uh, for economic sanctions to be removed. So if we make a temporary deal for a couple of years and he's able to recuperate in a, some of his financial struggles and losses, then that'll be worth it for him, even if we do end up backing out. So the whole argument is just ridiculous. Not that we would back out, you know, assuming he keeps his end of the deal. You know, Trump is not going to be naive and uh, just care about his legacy like Obama, and Trump's not going to fall for some nonsense deal. That's one thing that Trump does well is he's a very strong deal maker. Nancy Pelosi, she says that she will roll back the GOP tax cuts, the Republican tax cuts, if she becomes the speaker, if the Democrats take back the House. Nancy Pelosi actually admits that she will roll back the Trump tax cuts. It was They benefited the rich. She doesn't want to benefit the rich. So she's actually admitting this. You know, it's bad enough that not one Democrat voted in favor of the tax cuts. Every Democrat in the country voted against these tax cuts. That's not bad enough. And look at the incredible effect it's had on the economy, you know, all those bonuses and, and all these companies coming back to the United States and all that stuff. Forgetting all that, you know, but now they actually want to roll it back, leave well enough alone, say, all right, look, we didn't vote in favor of it, but we're, we're not actually going to take away these incredible tax cuts. No, we'll take them away. That's what Nancy Pelosi, Nancy, please, I'm begging you, tell every Democrat to run on that platform that we are going to reverse the Trump tax cuts, please, into in, in, in November. Let that be your platform. Now, uh, Trey Gowdy wants to subpoena the guy in charge of the census question. The con Congress is going all nuts. We told you about this. They want to ask in the upcoming 2020 census, they want to ask, are you an American citizen? Very simple, straightforward question. You're in our country. We want to know, are you an American citizen? And the left are livid. People on the left and Trey Gowdy, who's one of the guys on the right, one of the good guys, he somehow also wants to question this guy. One of these Democrat congressmen, congresswoman, she said, I was up all night preparing questions for this guy. How on earth? Where did he come up with this idea? Asking people if they're citizens. I, like, it's like, are you kidding me? Like, this is what you're busy with? The country is in shambles. We got the Mueller investigation. There is just so much, so many issues here, so many, so many problems going on in Washington. And you're busy staying up all night, coming up with questions, trying to figure out where he got this 
nutty idea to ask people in the census if they are citizens of the United States. Okay, what am I missing? Sometimes I just have to wonder if I'm the one who's going crazy. Now, uh, job openings, they're actually, they track job openings by advertisements. They try, track how many advertise, how many jobs are being advertised at any given time uh, for, to, to, in other words, show the amount of job openings as a way of gauging the economy and gauging the workforce. It's kind of like, the, you know, similar to the unemployment rate. Anyway, it's an all-time high. Job openings have hit an all-time high. 6.6 million job openings were advertised last month, in the month of April. So that is all-time high. Since they started keeping this record, I think back in 2000, it has never gone this high. So there's lots of jobs available. Obviously, that's a very good sign because, you know, that means that there's a surplus of jobs out there. That means there are more jobs than there are people to fill those jobs. Uh, President Trump has asked Congress to rescind $15 billion, the one point, the outrageous, uh, outlandish, 1.3, exorbitant, just sickening, $1.3 trillion spending package that was passed. Well, Trump has regrets, and he says, listen, we got to cut, we got to slash $15 billion of that money, $15 billion out of the $1.3 trillion. It sounds like a drop in the bucket, but hey, I guess every little bit helps, so uh, Congress is now going to decide if they want to do that. And I guess he's saying he's giving them a generic number and he's saying, all right, you're going to have to figure out where to make cuts. You know, I could think of lots of places where to make these cuts, especially these domestic programs, all these wasteful spending programs, cut, you know, food stamps, Medicaid, there's discretionary, non-discretionary. So it's a little bit complicated, but, uh, there are just so many areas where the government wastes money. Okay. Uh, the Iran deal. This is why we put President Trump in office. Tax cuts, North Korea, which he's dealing with, Gorsuch, Paris Climate Accord, and the Iran deal, and he has kept his promise. He's kept every promise that does not require Congress, like Obamacare on the wall. And, you know, amazing, the Washington Post and the media, they say that Trump is a liar because they come up with these, they nitpick, you know, where when he'll say, uh, I was at this rally and I spoke at a rally and there were 16,000 people at the rally. And then they go and figure out that there were only like maximum capacity in the stadium, eight or 10,000. So ha, Trump's a liar. Ha, he said 16,000. Couldn't have been more than 10,000. Now, folks, I mean, he's not a details guy. There's hyperbole. He likes to dramatize it. I do not care one bit about that stuff. He kept his campaign promises. Every other, camp, every other candidate says, we're going to move the embassy. They never move the embassy. They never keep any of their promises. Even Obama, he promised to close Guantanamo Bay first thing when he gets into office. He left office eight years later. Guantanamo Bay was still open. I happen to be happy about that, but it shows you how disingenuous the man is. Well, not Trump. Now, uh, most Trumps, now I told you, Macron and Merkel, they're happy. Now, why are they happy? Because they don't want the Iranians to develop a nuclear weapon. They knew. You know how I know that they knew that this deal was terrible? Because they actually admitted it. They said, this deal is imperfect. This deal is not the best deal ever. This deal has flaws. Now, do you know how difficult it is for them to say that? Do you know how painful that was? That's the equivalent of Trump saying, this is the worst deal in history. They're not going to say that. So their way of saying, this is the worst deal ever signed, is, well, you know, it's not the best. It's not perfect. Could be better, but still better than nothing. Let's keep it. So they know. They, they, they know. I mean, and by the way, Trump gave an absolutely amazing statement when he made this announcement, and he, and he just laid it all out. Everything the Iranians are up to, very clear, simple, to the point. And anybody listening or watching is saying to themselves, 
How did we get ourselves into this mess of a deal? This is a total disaster. And like, what was Obama thinking? Because that's how bad Obama's sitting there, you know, he made a statement afterwards saying this is a major mistake, as expected. What else is he going to say? He must be sitting there thinking, wow, I look so silly. I look so naive. You know, everyone must be wondering what on earth I'm thinking. His legacy suddenly goes, not that I ever thought he had a decent legacy, but suddenly amongst even people on the left, you know, goes from this just, amazing heroic figure to this completely naive you know almost silly looking incompetent president now most trump supporters right now if they actually found a videotape of trump and putin plotting in 2016 to beat hillary i think they would still keep him in office because he's exactly the president they've been dreaming about like i don't even think they care about russia collusion now, uh, the re now here's what's amazing they want you know macron and merkel they want trump to do the dirty work see they could never get up and say, let's renegotiate the Iran deal because they'd get hammered by their own people. I, I, it makes no sense, but that's a fact. So they need Trump to be the guy to do the dirty work for them. And it's kind of like Israel. You know, uh, when Israel goes and destroys an Iranian or Syrian nuclear reactor, the entire country, uh, the entire planet breathes this like massive sigh of relief. They all exhale, but they're never going to thank Israel. They're never going to, you know, uh, actually publicly praise Israel for it, but Israel is doing everybody's dirty work. So that's what's pretty amazing. Now, uh, Obama, as I said, you know, it was all about his legacy. He didn't care about protecting our country. He just wanted to bribe Iran and sign this bogus deal and figure, you know what, in 10 years when, when it expires, hopefully somebody else will deal with it then. Well, somebody else is dealing with it earlier than expected, but this is indefensible. You know, and people are saying, how can Trump renege? The Democrats are all upset how can he backtrack on this deal? How can the United States not keep our word? And they have no defense. They're not saying why we should actually keep this deal other than we should just keep our word. Not that it was ratified by Congress or anything because Obama knew that Congress would never go for it. Now, by the way, here's how Trump can renege. Because he wants our country to actually last for another 10 years and not get blown to smithereens. You know, what if Obama promised to give Iran our nuclear code? You know, would, would Trump have to stick with that too? Because you have to keep the word of the last guy, whatever he promised? I mean, the argument is completely absurd. So, you know, like I said, just he, Obama right now just looks silly. Now, Joe Biden, you know, he, Joe Biden says, this deal took years for us to achieve. Now, Biden, I wouldn't admit that if I were you. You know, it's a terrible deal, but at least if we think that you guys just put it together, slapped it together in like three days, then that's sort of an excuse, albeit a lame one. But like you're admitting that it took years to achieve a deal that literally, you know, could have been created by like any 10-year-old because that's how bad this thing is. You know, Obama said, this is a model still a model for what diplomacy can achieve this nuclear deal you know i guess that tells us that diplomacy can achieve just making us all look like buffoons i mean i i just don't know what else to say here so that's where we're at here on iran and the question is what what what's the next step and we don't know the answer to this because we have to see how the europeans respond my guess would be that they're gonna keep some form of the deal they'll try to renegotiate it to save face but we're going to put heavy sanctions now, and those sanctions are going to be very far-reaching, and that's going to be complicated because if the Europeans are doing business with the Iranians and you know we put sanctions, then as a caller pointed out to me, you know that's going to affect our relations, strain our relations with Europe. I suspect that the Europeans are going to give more respect to President Trump than they're acting like in public, but again, all those details are going to be hammered out. We're going to have to wait and see. All right. Uh, somebody asked me, and a lot of you were interested in this conversation we brought up about the calories being counted on the menus. And uh, here's here's my thoughts. You know, somebody said to me, uh, why is it different 
than tobacco and, and, and drugs. You know, we get involved in that. And I think what they meant by tobacco, tobacco is legal, but I guess they meant the Surgeon General's warning. And to me, the difference is as follows. The government, there is a time when the government should intervene. When there's a real clear danger, the government should intervene. Now with tobacco, the tobacco companies were actually manipulating. They were false advertising. They were manipulating children. They went out of their way to try to, they knew the research. They, they buried the research. They did all sorts of egregious things to try to get people to smoke, even though they knew they were killing people. So that to me, you know, smoking is so clearly dangerous. And the tobacco companies were just so sinister that I think that's a place where the government should get involved. But to me, it's got to be a clear danger. Calories, just not a clear danger. I mean, yeah, I understand if you eat a lot of calories and, you know, you become obese, then that could lead to all sorts of health problems. But that's not smoking. I mean, everybody eats, right? Uh, who doesn't eat? So and if not eating is a lot less healthy than eating. So uh, that to me is is my is, is where I draw the line, the parameters. So I am okay with the government getting involved, but to me it's got to be extreme. Like I said, I don't think the calories is the end of the world, but it's a slippery slope and it just keeps on getting, the interference keeps on getting bigger. But another guy made this point. I don't even think he realized what he was saying. He meant this very sincerely. But it's amazing when you think about it. He said, look, Obamacare, this is part of Obamacare, this calorie count thing. Obamacare, they were paying for people's health insurance and therefore they needed to tell, they needed to keep people, they need to keep people healthy. That's because they want to save money. If people eat a lot of calories and get sick, then it's going to cost the government more money. But don't you see that's exactly the point? You're right. But that's exactly what this is all about. The Democrats, they they pass these laws that gives them more control and then that justifies them taking even more control and then it becomes this vicious cycle. So it's like, all right, well, we're paying for everybody's health insurance. They want to be doing that. They want to be paying our health care because then they have control over our lives. And then once that happens, then it just builds on itself exactly as you said. Well, now we're funding your health insurance and so now we got to make sure you stay healthy. So we're going to control your life and make sure you stay healthy. Why do you think they took over the health the, the, the healthcare industry in the first place, by the way? Healthcare industry is like 20, over 20% of our GDP, over 20% of what people spend money on in this country is healthcare, an astonishingly high number. They knew that this is the ticket to socialism. If they control big chunks of the economy, they totally control our lives. And that's exactly what you see here with Obamacare. You know, so you're trying to kind of defend the government there, but that's exactly the Democrats' agenda. And it just keeps getting worse and worse. Trump's reversing it now. But, you know, until now, it's been really, really ugly. All right, that's going to do it for today. We thank you all for joining us, and we will see you next time.